Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You join me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Bard Times. I am Cassie Dixon, I will be your host for today and we will talk about world cinema and Shakespeare. Here with me today is Supan Ahmed Hay and welcome, first of all. Hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm great, I'm great, it's nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, you recently just became Shakespeare Society's first year rep, which is very exciting. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm excited to see how um, things work out for me. We are very happy to have you on board with us. Thank you very much. I remember from your speech initially that you wanted to pursue that inclusivity and diversity that Shakespeare can access. And um, would you like to tell us about your relationship with Shakespeare and world cinema? Okay, um, I'll just start with um, my relationship to just Shakespeare as a whole. Obviously, you know, year seven, studying a bit of Macbeth, and then it comes back again in year 10 when we're doing it in our GCSEs. Um, I was quite engaged. I'd, I'd say humbly that I was more engaged. Um, not that I was better than the whole class, but I was more <laughs> engaged than the whole class. My my classmates, people who are from my background, they weren't really engaged. They just did it mm. because they had to, to get the grade, move yeah. on to A-levels. Barely anyone from my background took English literature at A-level. I did and uh, did horribly, but I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. And International Shakespeare explained to me why Shakespeare is so... Why the whole English education system is so obsessed with Shakespeare. I mean, you look at a course, every single English course has Shakespeare. And I didn't really understand why that was. Uh, well, World Cinema explained that to me. And then you watch these films and you realise, oh God, like Shakespeare says a lot about not just England, but the whole world and humanity. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. I, as some of you may already know who are listening, I have a problem with the British school system and how they <laughs> teach Shakespeare. There's just an invisible line between those who are receiving that education and those who are teaching it. And I'm not saying that it's those who are specifically teaching it who are the problem, but it's just how schools in general approach Shakespearean texts and, and what they show in schools especially. Um, when when Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet came out and they started showing that in schools and younger generations were suddenly more receptive to the Shakespearean text and language and themes because what Shakespeare did was write such universal stories. Um, but what do you think of the Shakespearean film adaptations they show in schools these days and what students could be missing out on by not being shown world cinema adaptations? Um, well, I think I'll just talk about the two adaptations that I have been shown yeah. in my school. So at GCSE for Macbeth, we looked at Roman Polanski's Shakespeare. Mm. And the film is a very good adaptation. It's just when it's the only adaptation that you're shown, then it just becomes like, I don't know. And you know, you can make the argument that, no, you need to spend more time studying it rather than watching Shakespeare. But I'd make the argument that reading Shakespeare is the equivalent of just reading a car manual. You need to watch the play because it's a play. Then there's the A-level one. We watched Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. 
I, I doubt Miss Tyler or Miss Faulkner would be watching, but uh, they were great. They were great teachers. I admit, I was a I was a horrible <laughs> student. But it's not them that were the problem. It is, as you say, the education system. Because when you reduce Shakespeare to just oh, make sure you get your A O one and your A O two, it becomes so tedious. And um, if you reduce Shakespeare to just British um, adaptations, you miss out on what Shakespeare could mean for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, all those adaptations, most English adaptations are set in the past. So they don't even relate to today. Like Roman Planskis are set in the past and Kenneth Bragner's. But like Haider or Macbul, they're set in modern day India and Kashmir. If someone from my background is listening to how Haider feels about the situation of Kashmir, and, you know, then their uncles at home are speaking about it, they can become part of the conversation only if they know what's happening. So I think you're missing out on just what Shakespeare means for the contemporary world. I absolutely agree. Um, McBall and Hayda, of course, will be talking about later on in the show. But what do you think are the challenges that filmmakers face trying to reach uh, global audiences with Shakespeare? Of course, it's challenging to translate Shakespeare's themes and plots to modern day. However, there are many aspects of the modern world which have not changed since Shakespeare's time. I think, uh, I know we're going to talk about Hader later on. I want to just talk about this one scene in Hader where um, Hurum, which is Claudius, proposes to Gazala, which is Gertrude, and the whole mosque sort of erupts in this yeah. sort of um, appreciation yeah. of what he's doing, as, it, as if he's saving her life. That wouldn't make sense in today's uh, context. But for me, uh, someone who's familiar with the Kashmir and the Indian and Pakistani culture, I know for a fact that if something like that were to happen, if, for example, my, God forbid, my father was to die and my uncle were to come in and uh, give his hand in marriage, I know he would be met with a lot of appreciation because that's how women are seen in our uh, our culture. Unfortunately, they're seen as mm. it's uh, as needing needing men. They cannot be independent. And I think, you know, Hader does that um, well. So I think, yes, in, in many ways it's difficult, but unfortunately... Uh, it's a good thing, but it's unfortunate that it's so easy to translate to today. It's it's just a it's just like it's embarrassing that we as a society have not moved forward that much. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's on the one hand you are celebrating the fact that his stories, Shakespeare's stories, are so timeless and they're so easily translatable into modern day context. But on the other hand, as you quite rightly just said, it's embarrassing and it's quite shocking how little we have advanced and how we've, we're making the same mistakes we're making the same storylines for ourselves and we're falling into the same traps um the guardian back in 2016 did a survey of about 18,000 people across 15 countries um which showed shakespeare was more popular overall abroad than he was in the uk which i find really interesting um what is interesting though about this study is that India was one of the countries surveyed and 83% of the population said that they understood Shakespeare in contrast to only 58% of Britons. Which wow. I know that. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I, I am quite, you know, I'm not shocked. To be honest, I'm not shocked. But two films that we've already mentioned, um, Hayda and McBull by Vishal Bardwaj, um, two out of the three films that he's made of Shakespeare plays I know that you're quite a big fan of of this yes. trilogy so yes, yes. um 
as a whole, do you think that they're successful translations? And and if so, why do you think they're successful translations? So Omkara is uh, an adaptation of Othello, and it is his best adaptation. Like I was watching it because I was rewatching it for this podcast, and I watched it with my parents. Yeah, and that film I think single handedly made them more feminist because it's about because uh, the story of Othello is about how weak uh, a woman's reputation can be a single stain on it can make it like um a single stain on a woman's reputation especially in modern india could ruin her life it could come back to haunt her and it's unfortunate that that's how it is but omkara really details how that is so omkara is definitely successful in that regard uh Magbul is success- successful because i mean it's just a good adaptation adds a little bit and brings it to modern india and yeah. i think that's why um perhaps the uh, amount of people who are passionate about Shakespeare in India is high is because it brings it to modern day. And it's so much more easy to understand rather than the ye old English. And then, you know, once you've gotten interested in that, then you're sort of uh, motivated to go back and study the ye old English. Um, in the film, uh, Heder, which is Hamlet, describes Chutzpah as uh, if someone was to rob a bank and then as soon as he's taken all the money, go to the other counter and try and open a bank account. It's this audacity that he's talking about. And Vishal Bardwaj uses this idea of audacity to to criticise, mm. um, you know, India and Pakistan's uh, uh, constant um, claim over Kashmir. Yeah. No one really cares about Denmark in, in modern <laughs> day. I mean, really, Denmark's not in the news and... Kashmir, that is a place that you can bring all those themes yeah. to. So I think that's brilliant what Bardwaj did. I agree. I am a little bit obsessed with Hamlet. Having that as my favourite play, of course, has made me want to watch every single adaptation possible. And I have watched quite a lot of adaptations of it. But Hader is by far, I think, the most raw and visceral production of of Hamlet that I've watched. And I think that's something that all the other productions I've seen has missed, that emotional intensity. Now, Hamlet is, he's a dramatic boy. He <laughs> is, um, <laughs> for lack of a better um, academic term, and he's, he's showing all of his emotions, but it's also very internal. And I, I love the psychological complexity of, of Hamlet as a character. What's missing, I find, from other productions I've seen is the emotional side to that. Yeah. And I think Hader does that incredibly well. A big, a big portion of, of, of it is centred around the civilian disappearances. And there is one shot, I think, that that touched me so much more than, than anything I've ever seen with Hamlet. And that is one of the shots of Hader standing in a peaceful protest, an asylum protest, with other people holding up signs saying, where is my father? Or, or where is my brother? Where is my son? And just that shot alone is is so emotionally raw. And I think I think Bardwaj does such an amazing job at taking those themes and putting them in a modern context. So we spoke a little bit earlier about the representation of women in in his films. So what struck me about Macbeth and Hader especially was the changing of the Lady Macbeth, Ophelia and Gertrude characters and I, f- I found them so much more engaging to be honest than, than I have done. So 
what do you think has been changed for for those female characters? Well, for one, in Hader, Ophelia, who is called Ashia, mm. is way less submissive. She's a journalist, yes. so she has a job, and she does. She's not uh, reliant on the men in her family. And there's a lovely, no, not lovely scene, but there's a well done scene. There's a well done scene at the start where what were their names? Oh God, Polonius. Oh my God, I did the A level. Polonius and Laertes, uh, which is uh, Liakate, are trying to convince uh, Ophelia, Ashia, to not meet with Hader. She storms off. Honestly, I, I mean, uh, I've seen uh, in our mm. culture, it's, 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 there's many yeah. brothers who command their sister to not meet this boy or whatever. It's, it's, it's quite disgusting. And it's, quite, it's, it's good that Bardwaj has brought attention to that. And, um, and then in Makbul, uh, it's, it, it adds to, um, because Lady Macbeth is a character who is quite um, manly, I think I would say. But they made her even more... Uh, you know, intimidating here because she has the guts to uh, make someone who she's having an affair with kill her husband, and that adds to the creepiness of the character. And just yeah, it's and I, I think it's quite clever what Bardwaj has done with his female characters. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. What I love is how much more agency they have in his films. Not that they didn't have agency in the in the plays but he made agency out of their current situations which is what i love in mcbull nimi who is the lady macbeth equivalent she has so much more agency because of her situation she is the mistress you know the wife figure in in the uh the mafia i what i love about mcbull i'm just going to interrupt myself is that it's a it feels like the godfather meets (laughs) macbeth which i love um, even down to the uh, um, Abaji having a, a Marlon Brando impression yeah. going on almost. It's, it's, I don't no know wonder, if that was... it's no wonder the kids in India love Shakespeare now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was brilliant. Um, but I think Nimi is a perfect example of how you translate a character into another culture because she's... What Lady Macbeth had, which Nimi didn't, was power to begin with. Nimi is fighting for her life. She needs to survive every day to stay in favour, to stay um, at his right-hand side. She doesn't really have any power. I don't know, she has sexual power, but that's about it. And, And what I found really interesting is that she was drawn to the very violent and masculine McBall who whose traits obviously were there in the play, but they've been amplified in this in this uh, mafia crime underworld of, of Mumbai. And Nimi is attracted to that. And I found that so interesting because she she takes his gun and, and, and toys with it. And it's that recklessness and that, um, yeah, yeah, she has a very recklessness of, of, of life and, and her attitude, her carefree attitude is taken one step up from that manipulation that you see in the original play onto the subject of her being dominated by these male figures in 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 the film of McBall. So what have these cultural changes helped to emphasize or explore thematically from the original plays do you think? Um, yeah uh, before I go on about the culture I just wanted to say that um you know, Bardwaj just added our culture into Hader, I'm going to look at, um, when um, Hader's father is in jail. It, yeah. How how they um, handled um, the death of Hader's father was quite different. 
Oh, but yeah. I think, I think they yeah. wanted to do that because they wanted to emphasize, you know, uh, the loss of family in Kashmir. Mm. And that shot you talked about where he's standing there, where's my father, where's my son? Uh, and that's why they did that. But there's two really good examples. One is uh, there's a famous poet um, from my uh, country called Faiz Ahmed Faiz. And uh, that's the songs that his dad sings. Oh. Um, and those the lyrics are written by him. So I think it was it's it's just brilliant that it's Shakespeare, but then there's mm-hmm. also a homage to our own brilliant poets and that sort I love of thing. That. But then there's also how they handled uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh yeah. Which I wonder, <laughs> what, what do you think about that? I um, <laughs> as soon as I saw them dancing in in the shop, I was like, oh yeah, I know who those two guys are. Um, yeah. I think they are. They're obviously there for comic relief. As as it's plain to see, but at the same time, they're they're almost funny in an unfunny way, and and you find them bumbling, and and you know they're they're stupid characters, and I love yeah. them for it. Um. <laughs> you kind of do feel sorry for them because they're, yeah. they're too stupid for their own good, and that's how oh, you yeah. feel about um, Gildenstern, Rosencrantz, Gildenstern. But yeah. what I wanted to say is what you wouldn't know is that that who they they're obsessed with is is an actor called Salman Khan. Mm-hmm. who I can describe to you as the Indian equivalent to maybe Vin Diesel, I guess. Okay. And it's like he's got, but he's got really diehard fans in India and they're just they're just the worst part of our country. <laughs> they really are because they're just so obsessed and they think like they're manly. And this is a really good like character, caricature of like, of uh, masculinity in some parts of our country and I think it's good that they brought this along to show how stupid it is and what I thought mm. was interesting that was that Bardwaj explores the theme of revenge in Kashmir should should like the should the people of Kashmir uh, go out and seek revenge yeah. for what they've been through and that sort of thing and there's an interesting part where I think it was an imam I don't I can't really remember what he, what he was but he talked about how Gandhi won uh, India's freedom through peaceful uh, methods yeah and a gun will only bring you an intikam which is the word for revenge in our language and um i don't think Haider is there in that scene but we as the audience know uh you know what we've just heard and that adds to Haider's or hamlet's dilemma that should we pursue revenge and i i was interesting how um you know Bardwaj uses our culture to further the conversation about whether revenge is worth worth it or not yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and um, I think yeah, it was interesting what he did with the ghost. I don't, I don't know yes. if you, because the ghost is a living person, but at the same time he's, I don't, it, it's it's weird what he did. Um, mm. Irfan Khan was the the ghost um, who played Makbul, as well. Uh, yes, he yes he recently died. This yes, year, that's what I was gonna say. He had a, a, an illness for the past two years, and he's been battling it. And sadly, he passed away. And he he is a very he is a great actor, very great actor. And I'm just saying that if I'm just thinking about the younger me and my friends, if we were to yeah. like go into year seven English class and the teacher says, "All right, we're going to be exploring Macbeth through the eyes of Indians, and we're going to look at Irfan Khan," I'm telling you, my eyes would have just widened. <laughs> and I would have paid attention to class and gone on A stars and everything. I really like what what you said about the uh, dilemma that Hamlet has in uh, in the play with the to be or not to be, and and is translated into the film with a wider context and meaning, and there's so much more weight to it. But that's what Hader does amazingly well. And one of the sequences which I absolutely love is the um, play within a play, because obviously um, 
dance and song sequences in in Bollywood films are, are quite they're normal but of course it's quite a tradition in Shakespearean plays um, anyway to have uh, songs and, and dances I will say that when the film came out in 2014 I remember it was like that song was on the charts like the whole country was jamming to it ah. it feels like it uses uh, uh, different cultures dances and the whole puppets mm. and all that the best thing is that little flick of the dirt he does at the end oh yeah that just makes That's you feel brilliant. like yes <laughs> So what's really interesting, what you said, was the intermingling of different performance styles, which is seen in uh, Akira Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, which of course is um, Macbeth, which draws a lot on traditional Japanese no performance, um, which is amazing. But uh, of course, Kurosawa also did Ran in 1985, which is an adaptation of King Lear. But... um, in the same way that Bardwaj has translated those universal themes to an Indian culture, what do you think Kurosawa's adaptations did with integrating into Japanese culture? What what do you think uh, is successful about them? Because, of course, they're, they're period pieces. They're not translated into modern day time. So what do you think is is different about that do you think they still work as adaptations um it's a little harder for me to say because i'm not you know japanese so i don't have that much knowledge as i do for indian and pakistani culture but you know everyone loves samurais and swords and that sort of thing <laughs> and with that i think it's very successful but I, I just want to touch on throne of blood in particular because that is the scariest and probably the best adaptation oh, yeah. of i've ever seen i i, I genuinely felt yes. creeped out watching that <laughs> In Throne of Blood, literally, like, you've got, like, uh, Lord Waishizu um, trying to bring his wife to Mm. to her senses. And this little scream that he lets out. And then he just drops in, like, you know, he knows he's lost. And that just, like, that sticks with me. Things like that. And then there's the arrows at the end. Oh, that's amazing. Like, that scene goes on for long. Yeah. I guarantee if any other director slash actor was doing that scene, it would have felt like it's a comedy. But he made it scary for some reason. Yeah, it's amazing what he's done I, I love the translation of Shakespearean monarchs into different settings because they're so like Hamlet they're very internalized and there's so much to play with with the with the royal psyche and especially with the depiction of the Lady Macbeth equivalent in Throne of Blood with Mac, with her husband she barely moves at all when she is alone however that's when she moves and and she moves with such purpose almost like it's quite animalistic, actually. Um, and because of that stark difference between going from her not moving at all to her moving in a very stylized and quite theatrical manner, it's quite creepy and unnerving and it's off-putting for an audience to watch. I don't but think it's... there's any difference in her and the witch in the way they move mm. and speak. I just realised that. Yeah, I, I so think that's... that's pretty cool. That is cool. I think that is down to um, the movement of, of no... So in terms of contemporary British stage productions and and film productions, what do you think of multicultural Shakespearean productions as as a whole, where they integrate different traditions and performance styles and cultural references from other Um, cultures? It's it's good to have different different cultures, most definitely, because uh, Vishal Bhardwaj and Kurosawa are brilliant examples of how different cultures should be mixed in. I personally think that I think enough has been done for... um, the original Shakespeare. I think more should be done now for different cultures because 
I think my favorite adaptation of like original Shakespeare is the Hamlet with David Tennant in it. Oh, that's brilliant. That's the that's brilliant. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I just think like if it's not that, then other than that, I think we should be focusing on like international and even that was like kind of a modern adaptation because he's wearing a t-shirt which i don't think hamlet would <laughs> wear so you know that's adding more in so i think we should you know enough with the kenneth Branaghs and the, <laughs> you know roman polanski i think we should try and make it more different now mm. i i think i agree with you i am not very uh i'm not a traditionalist when it comes to shakespeare and i think especially when it comes to reaching younger generations and audiences and students we need to look beyond just basic Kenneth Branagh (laughs) adaptations as good as they are which is good yes yeah yeah. yes we're not we're not slandering (laughs) Kenneth Branagh here but I think I I think schools shouldn't be afraid of of showing uh, Kurosawa or Bardwaj in in secondary schools I know for a fact I didn't start studying or I, I wasn't aware of these world cinema adaptations until university, and that's quite shocking in itself. Um, so thank you, Shakespeare on <laughs> Film. For that, that module opened my eyes. Um, but what, what do you think we can hope for these sort of adaptations in the future in terms of reaching wider audiences? I wanted to add first before I talk about what they um, can add, we can, what we can hope for, is uh, there's an actor I, I really admire called Riz Ahmed. I don't know if you've heard of him. He delivered a, a really good speech uh, in the House of Commons about inclusivity and diversity. And he was talking about how it really matters that seeing someone uh, f- for a black person to see, you know, like uh, the new Spider-Man game that's come out with a black Spider-Man in it. It's important because I saw um, a video on Twitter when the f- game was announced, there was a black streamer and he actually started crying on stream because they're actually doing this for him. And it, it matters. It really matters. Yeah. And um, Riz Ahmed was making the argument that children who go on for a, to a life of crime and that sort of thing, a reason for why they do that is because they don't see themselves reflected in their lessons. So if you're learning about Macbeth, a white yeah. person... Or like I said, with Wuthering Heights, if you're learning about Heathcliff, but it's very slightly mentioned that he might be dark skinned, mm-hmm. you're not going to think, OK, yeah, but I'm just learning this for the grade. And it has nothing to do yeah. with me. I'm not going to learn anything from it. You know, world cinema not only allows us to understand Shakespeare better, but also other cultures. And it's a big step for us to become much more aware of different likes and dislikes. And, you know, and if we just learn about each other, I think that's it. But the most adapted, I think the most adapted play in India is Romeo and Juliet but they're all sort of like in denial about themselves <laughs> and I think the whole Gildenstern yeah. Rosencrantz mm-hmm. Salman Salman thing that they did it's like yeah. there's more to Shakespeare than just love and oh I need you and that sort of thing so yes. yeah. we need to have enough of that we need to stop with that especially with uh, here in, in, in Britain as well but uh, what I want to see more of is um, you know, uh, from Britain, obviously, I want to see more adaptations of like plays like Measure for Measure and something that would respect um, the lives of modern women in the way that Bardwaj respected the lives of modern Kashmir. So now I would like to see uh, adaptations for more female-centered stories like Measure for Measure, like Tessa the D'Urbervilles. And yeah, that's why I'd yeah, like to see I, in the I, future. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think... I don't really know how what else to say about that, but I I think you I think you just said it all there. Um, 
Brilliant. Um, I think we'll we'll leave it there for now. And thank you so much for joining me and talking about this. This has been fascinating. No, thank you for having me on. It's, it means a lot to be invited to something like this. I, I, I loved hearing your opinions and hopefully we can do more about uh, world cinema and uh, non-Western productions in, in the future. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Thank you so much to Supan and to those at home who have joined me today for this episode. This has been Cassie Dixon. Stay safe, and in the words of the bard himself, we are such stuff as dreams are made on. <laughs>